So Colossians chapter 3 this morning, and uh, I would make the argument that this is probably very familiar passage, uh, more familiar than the first two chapters, I would think. And, and uh, we re- reference these uh, verses quite a bit, and uh, at least I know I do, and I, it seems that has been the case in my Christian life. And, and, uh, but I trust you want to live victoriously. Um, you know, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about being on the, the high school team that wasn't so good. And nobody wants to be the loser. It's, it's just not, not fun, right? And, but not everybody can be like Brother Sanderson and with the moves and in, in the, in the, in the hops and, and the, the shooting accuracy and stuff like that, right? Some of us just don't have that. And, uh, but listen, we can in Christ be victorious. And uh, <clears throat> the first two chapters we, we kind of looked at is primarily doctrinal things that the Apostle Paul, and he was exposing some false teachings and philosophies that were hindering the Colossians and their growth and, and uh, some of those things that, that they dealt with in their day and, and we deal with today. Uh, but uh, in <clears throat> this chapter this morning, uh, we're going to look at at least three things this morning anyway about living victoriously and uh, some more practical application of these doctrines, right? And so um, <clears throat> this morning we're going to talk about focusing on holy things above. And uh, we definitely need to do that. Uh, so if you would, go with me. We'll read verses 1 through 11. And uh, uh, we'll hopefully garner a few things that will help us to live victoriously uh, in this world. And then look at verse 3 and verse 1. It says this, chapter 3 and verse 1, excuse me. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above and not, <clears throat> excuse me, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. <clears throat> Verse 8 But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And so, uh, listen this morning, we are risen with Christ. And I know back in, in chapter 2, I think I kind of missed it in my notes, actually, in, in, in chapter 2 and verse 13, talking about being quickened and made alive. And, and, uh, but we are new in Christ, and, uh, but uh, we are risen with Him. And, and consequently, we ought to be seeking those things which are above. And uh, <clears throat> Christ has already defeated sin and death and made us alive. We kind of talked about that. If you look at uh, the latter part of uh, chapter 2, we see that. He, he defeated all those things, and um, the victory is already won. Um, and we can walk victoriously. And, and uh, Paul writes here uh, in, in this passage, says, Seek those things which are above. The verb seek, and listen, by no means am I a, an English major. I, I gave you guys my history about my paces. 
and uh, where I started and, and where I graded. And, and it was, it, well, I don't know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I could knock out some paces fast because I, I, apparently I knew it. I just can't test well. I don't know. That's what they say. But, uh, but I did do well. And, but by no means am I an expert on this, but the verb seek is present imperative, uh, which means it is a command that demands immediate action. There you go. Yeah. So um, I, I impressed myself with that. But uh, so um, listen, we are to concentrate to concentrate on the unseen things above. And uh, I want to remind you of Second Corinthians chapter four and verse eighteen. It says this: While we look not at uh, things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And uh, we need to focus on the eternal things uh, of this life. And uh, <clears throat> this truth is really so important. God inspires Paul to repeat himself in verse 2. I don't know if you have ever noticed that. In verse 1, it says, Seek those things which are above, and then set your affection on things above. And, and so we see it here. And um, <clears throat> The things which are above does not refer to necessarily such things as the pearly gates or or the crystal sea, or the transparent gold streets. And, and surely those things, we can think about and ponder those things and, and what God has laid up in store for us. But I think the better application is referring to the holiness, the righteousness into Christ, and to think on those things. Um, and, and as we look at some of the things in the, the verses in chapter 2 that lead up into this, no doubt I think that is a, a good application there. Um, I don't want you to miss this, mor- this morning. The real background in growing in Christ and living victorious is won or lost in our minds. And we see Jesus teaching that throughout his ministry. Um, and, and he talks about it's not just the commandments, but he talks about the heart uh, and dealing with the, with the inward man, if you will. And uh, the real battleground uh, in growing in Christ and living victoriously is won in our minds. And I know that's true for me. What we concentrate on really determines who we are. Um, And we can focus on things that are worthless and vain and have no value. Uh, Or we can focus on those things that are above. And uh, what we think about determines what kind of people we become. Uh, I think that's very true in my own life. Um, And... And I know in the, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about meditating and, and, and being in the Word of God. And those things are important. Um, Romans, I want to remind you of this command that we see or, or that we need to heed in Romans chapter 12. And it says, be not conformed to this world. Look what it says here. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may approve what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that renewing there, we in verse 10, we'll get there here uh, in a little while, but verse 10, it uses that word renew uh, or renewing. And um, I looked that up in, in the old Strong's, and it has the idea to renovate. And uh, Cindy and I bought this house. I always do that, but we bought this house, and we knew it wasn't, uh, I guess, it was moving ready, but it's not up to date. Uh, it needs renovated in some aspect. We already moved the, the laundry room. It was on the first floor. We put it downstairs, but there's some things we want to change. And, and uh, but we're not going to renovate it in the sense that we ought to be renewing our minds or, 
or the things that we think about. Because sometimes when people say they renovated something or they, uh, they kind of refreshed it, right? They put some lipstick on the pig. You know what I mean? And, and so our house really just needs some fresh paint. And, and, you know, apparently wood trim is out, right? Everybody's doing these gray tones and white baseboard. And, and uh, that's kind of the in thing today. And so our house just looks aged, you know. Um, I know people still like wood, but um, I did paint some nice oak trim. So for those of you that think that that's wrong, but um, <clears throat> but I'm not just talking about uh, a superficial uh, change. We're talking about a renovation. Um, when we receive Christ, we're a new man and uh, different, not the same. And so when I think of a renovation, I think the kitchen was here, now it's there. And so when somebody walks into this thing, it's unrecognizable as what it used to be. Um, And that's what Romans tells us we're commanded to do with our minds, to be renewed, to renovate our minds. And and we can talk about how to do that and all that. Um, but, But listen, this morning, we do that by thinking on those things which are above. By, by getting into the Word of God and, and learning about God's righteousness and, and the, the, the principles of the Word of God and those things, and, and that's how we can uh, renovate our mind. Um, when you think of renovating, right, we, we moved a, uh, as I mentioned, we moved our washer and dryer downstairs, and, and uh, we had to rip out some drywall to access the plumbing and remove that plumbing and relocate it downstairs. And so, um, and then we put drywall up where that was, and so it looks like it was never there. Nobody that comes into our house would think that there was a washer and a dryer there because there is nothing existing that used to be there that made that area a laundry room. And, and so when we're, we're, we're thinking about that in, in our thought life and, and setting our affections in those things that we're focusing on, um, <clears throat> and we read it in that passage, it taught, we all walked there, right? I believe it's verse 7, in which... Uh, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. And so, listen, we were all, at some point or another, we had these things that we're going to talk about in our lives. And, and, uh, but this morning, when we set our affection or we, uh, we think on those things which are above, we have to remove the old. We have to get rid of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and so when we talk about renewing our mind or renovating our mind, or it's, it's a change. It's not the same. It's different, and, and so, um, and of course, no, we, we obviously in Christ uh, receive the Holy Spirit, and He facilitates those things of sanctification, um, but we ought to be different. As Christians, we ought to think about different things than the world, and uh, the other day, somebody said something at work, <clears throat> or maybe it was at our house, and, and uh, they made a comment, and well, it was definitely at work, so they made this comment, and my mind went one way. And I was not where the rest of the conversation was because they were thinking about something completely different because their mind was corrupt. Uh, And I'll just leave it there, right? And and so, but they said something and it was intended for everybody to understand it this way, but I didn't get it because I was oblivious to what was going on. I just didn't get the reference. And uh, and, and that's renewed mind because I guarantee you I've thought this way before. Uh, We all have. Um, but we need to be careful um, about that. We need to have a renewing, and we ought to be thinking about the holiness and the righteousness in Christ. And, and uh, what we think about determines the kind of people we become, and we need to remember uh, to 
renew our minds. Did you know as Christians you were already dead? Uh, we're dead. Some, do, some look more dead than others, right? You know, you heard that term phrase, I got one foot in the grave. Um, we worked with a guy uh, when I was at Fairchild, and I was stationed there. I think he's passed away now. And, and I, I, um, but he was just um, in poor health, and he was just rough. And, and I can't remember what it was called, but he, his skin would flake off, and, and his keyboard was just covered with, like, dried skin. It was just really weird, but, but we always gave him a hard time. Like, he looked like he had one foot in the grave. And we, he probably did, really, because... Um, uh, but listen, some of us look more dead than others this morning. Yeah, I've seen a couple smiles, but not everybody's smiling. And uh, <clears throat> we are dead and our lives are hid with Christ in God. The instant we received Christ, we died to the power of sin. And uh, this is because he who is in us, or the Holy Spirit, is greater than he or the devil that is in the world. Uh, our spiritual lives are hid from the world with Christ uh, believers, or excuse me, unbelievers truly do not understand us. They don't see it. It's, it just doesn't make sense to them. And, and uh, when Christ, who is our spiritual life, appears, we will also uh, appear with him in glory. And uh, God has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. According to John 1, 30, 1 chapter 3, verse 2, but we know Behold, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall be, see him as he is. Listen, in order to be victorious, we must focus and concentrate on heavenly things. Um, I'll be a little transparent with you this morning. This is a struggle. I think it is for all men. Um, all people, I, I guess, all mankind. And, and, uh, but if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to think on things that are, that are uh, damaging to our walk and damaging to victor- victory in our lives. And, and uh, <clears throat> uh, this morning, I encourage you uh, to get in the Word of God and to meditate on those things that are holy, to meditate on those things that are righteous. And listen, I, it won't happen on accident. Um, you have to set... Your affection. You, uh, it, it's a command. It's imperative. You, there's, there's a part of us that has to take action to make this a reality. Uh, if we just go about lackadaisically, it's not going to happen. Um, we have to purpose to do this. Uh, and if you don't purpose to do this, your flesh is going to take over. Uh, we have to determine in our minds that we will focus on the right things. We will focus on the things that, that honor God. When we go to Philippians and, and look at that verse that we all uh, probably have memorized, but I'm telling you this morning, you are responsible for what you think. And you are responsible uh, for meditating on or thinking on things that are right or wrong. And one of the things I think that we, we neglect uh, to deal with in our lives, or we neglect to deal with this in our lives is because nobody else knows. That's why it's so easy, right? We can, you know, we can allow these things to creep into our mind and we can think on things uh, that are ungodly because nobody else knows. 
I got my tie on this morning. I look good, right? I look sharp. Ask Mrs. DeGarmo. She told me I look good, right? So, um, uh, but you don't know how filthy my mind could be or how clean or pure it is. You have no idea. And so because others can't tell, oftentimes we just, it's okay. Or we, we don't decide to get rid of it because we're just getting by. But in where I say I'm being transparent with you this morning, I'm telling you, uh, the victory, and we're, uh, Brother Petraco, I like the first song. That was a good song. I was enjoying that one. Uh, um, he switched it up, but uh, <clears throat> a closer walk with thee. I'm telling you what, if you want a, a sincere, genuine, authentic, close walk with God, you got to deal with your mind. You got to deal with what you're thinking about. Because regardless of that, nobody else knows, God knows what's in there. And I'm telling you, the victory that you can have and, and, and the clear conscience you can have when you determine that you will focus on that which is pure and right. And, and those things that are above, right? Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God and, and uh, those things. Uh, look what it says, not on this things on this earth. Uh, I would even say that we can include worry into that category. Sometimes we just get focused on things on this earth. I'm not talking about maybe some of the things that we're going to look at here in a few moments, uh, but maybe we just allow ourselves to be overcome with the circumstances of the day or, or the frustrations or how we're going to accomplish this task and that task when there's not enough time in a day and, or how am I going to pay this bill or that bill and we start to worry about some things. Um, that doesn't mean we don't manage things and, and take care of business, but, but listen, our minds and the things that we think about determine who we are. And oftentimes it is manifest in the flesh. Uh, and, and so this morning, I just want to encourage you to focus on holy things above. Focus on those things that are above. And, and listen, we need to eliminate sinful things that are below. Look at verses 5 through 9. It says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these, <clears throat> excuse me, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. And so remember, we've put off the old man in Christ, right? We've been renovated and, and uh, we must mortify or put to death the earthly things in us. And uh, we need to kill sinful things lurking inside of us. Uh, in the flesh, they're there. Um, and, and I like the idea of mortify. Uh, again, it's taking action. It's like setting your affections. You're, you're choosing to think on these things up here, above, and you're choosing to cut these things out of your life, to eliminate them. Uh, again, it's not accidental. And, and I know we need the Holy Spirit to help us, and I know we need to, uh, to have God's empowering and able to, to live in victory, but we also have to, in our minds, determine that we're going to do these things. Um. Uh, I know when I was in the youth group, they always told me, you got to decide now to do right. Because at the time at the, of the decision point, that's not the time to try to make your decision. 
decide now, regardless of what comes, I'm just going to do right. And that's what we need to do. We need to decide that we have set our, our minds here, and so if these things ever creep in, we're going to cut them off and kill them. We're not even going to allow us uh, ourselves to think on them. We're going to mortify them. We're going to put them to death. Uh, Paul gives us a list of sinful things here uh, that we need to mortify, and, and uh, I think when you see a list in the Bible, uh, it's never a bad thing to pay attention to what comes first. Um, obviously, we need to look at it all, but um, I think sometimes these things come first for a reason. And uh, fornication is the first one we see in the list here this morning. Uh, and it, it, it's translated from that word porneo or pornea, if you will, and uh, the Greek word that we get the word pornography from. And uh, <clears throat> this is uh, a difficult subject, so bear with me. Um, our society struggles uh, with this like I don't think I've, we've ever done before. Um, I know men have sinned and, and we've had these things, but um, the idea of this fornication, it's not just material that you look at, but, but you can really, it, you can make it a little more broad than that. You can include premarital uh, relations, adultery. Um, I think you could possibly even put homosexuality in there. Uh, really, and it's any kind of sex outside of marriage of a man and a woman. And um, I think this sin heads the list because uh, it's a grave danger. And and if you look at history, all civilizations that turn from God, uh, this is prevalent uh, in their societies. And and, uh, regrettably or sadly today, it's very prevalent in our society. Uh, just promoting all kinds of, uh, of sexual immorality is, is really rampant in our country today. And uh, <clears throat> did you know, I, I don't know if you can dogmatically say this, but, uh, but I found some information that the fastest growing addiction in America for boys and men is internet pornography. Um, and, and much of which involves children. And that's disgusting to think. Uh, but it's a multi-billion dollar industry, um, and it's really one of the fastest growing criminal, se- criminal segments uh, of the Internet. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, some of these exploited children are only three to four years old. We live in a very sick, sinful world. And I want to take this opportunity to remind you that but for Christ... Every single one of us in this room could be there. So let's never get so high-minded that we think we wouldn't fall into something like this. And, and listen, that doesn't mean we excuse it and we say, oh, we understand. No, it's sinful and it's wrong, and, and these wrongdoers need to be dealt with. But, but I, you know, it's so humbling to know that even though you've never done something, But if you understand Scripture, you know that you're capable of it. And when you think of those things that, in your mind, whatever the case may be, are the most heinous, filthy, wicked things, whether you've done it or not, if you had done it, Christ still loved you and died for you. Uh, But listen this morning, this, we ought to be mortified. Uh, um, this ought not be named. Any amount of fornication uh, in the people of God. 
as Christians. This should, uh, but I'm telling you, it's creeping in everywhere. Um, we've all heard the reports of, uh, uh, of Christian servants uh, that have fallen um, in the ministry. Or, and listen, and sometimes uh, the preachers get, get the brunt of the, the reaction, right? Because it, it makes the news, right? The pastor of whatever. But how many uh, junior church teachers and all these people that have worked in churches have been uh, caught? And nobody knows. Uh, because it's not, it doesn't make the news. Uh, it's not just preachers. This is everybody in our churches that, that deal with these things. And, and uh, <clears throat> we must also get rid of uncleanness, uh, which goes beyond sexual behavior and includes dirty speech, gestures, impure thoughts of any kind. Uncleanness. Uh, it talks about inordinate affection. Uh, it refers to lust that is excited by reading maybe a dirty magazine, watching filthy movies, or viewing uh, pornography. Um, evil concupiscence refers to wanting something sinister or vile. What a terrible place to be. Covetousness, which is idolatry, is focusing on fulfilling sinful desires rather than becoming really all God wants you to be. Uh, obviously, it has the idea of greed, right, and, and disregards the well-being of others. And when I think when you look at it and it's summed up as idolatry, you see there it's more important to you than God is. Covetousness and and uh, verse 6 gives us a warning, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. And God deals with these things. Uh, we might sometimes wonder why God allows these heinous things to happen and, and why God allows uh, certain things to take place, but, but rest assured, God will deal with them. And uh, he, He's going to, and in verse 8, Paul moves from, from these uh, more sexual or sensual types of things uh, to some more, I guess, maybe you want to say social things. And um, I, I came across this. It's, somebody said these have been called the sins in good standing. And he said, because they are the sins of which Christians are most guilty, or most often guilty. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Um, I actually Googled that, and there was a message by Worsby or a, a little article that he wrote that the, the sins in good standing, it was plagiarism. But anyway... Uh, that, that's a side note. Uh, but listen, to live a victorious life, we must put off all these. We have to put them off. We have to mortify them. Uh, and, and it talks about anger. And uh, again, this is the first one in this list, and so uh, we can pay attention maybe to that a little bit more uh, or make note of it at least. And God never really, I don't think God ever really gives us a list without the order being important, right? And we talk about our growth, there's an order. It's in that order for a purpose. And, and, uh, but <clears throat> uh, anger is listed first here, possibly because it's the root of most of the ones that follow. Uh, anger refers to a deep, smoldering emotional time bomb waiting to explode. Uh, I have to admit, I've been guilty of that. You know, you, you have a rough day at work and you come home and the time bomb goes off on the kids. Uh, we need to be careful. These ought not be, they, they ought to be put off, mortified. Uh, these things ought not be mentioned in the life of a Christian or, or not, not be exist in the life of a Christian, I guess. We, we ought to mention it so we know what to avoid. But um, <clears throat> anger is the strongest of all emotions because it can cause us to completely lose control. 
Uh, we need to be careful. I, I know uh, I've experienced that in my life. And sometimes you get so fired up about something, you just it's like you're not thinking anymore. Uh, you don't really have an argument for the circumstances that's taking place. I, I got frustrated at work one time, and, and I just I, I sat there, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm arguing with these individuals, but I don't know why, because my argument doesn't even make sense right now. But that's what anger does. We get all excited and we get frustrated. We get, uh, we get angry about something. And, and if we're not careful, it, it takes over. And, and uh, we need to be careful of that. Anger, or Proverbs 29, 22 says this, An angry man stirreth, stirreth up strife. I sure don't want to be known as a man that does that. Just to cause problems, stir things up. Look what it says. And a furious man aboundeth in transgression. And uh, God help us. Uh, uh, the next word here, wrath, uh, has the idea is rage or anger let loose. And so often anger builds and, and, and it turns into something. And, and malice, evil intent. Have you ever had evil intent? Uh, I have. Um, and, and so maybe when you guys read the scriptures, it's not like a mirror. But I hate it when it's like a mirror. And you start looking at these lists of things, and it's like, you know what? I haven't taken all those maybe necessarily to the worst-case scenario that society thinks of it is, but those are existing in my life. But they ought not. Uh, Lord, help us. But, but to have evil intent, and, and what a, how more unchristlike can you get than to have malice and evil intent? Uh, when, when you look at the love that Christ had to come and die for us, and, and, and how unchristlike would an evil intent attitude be, and uh, intentionally hurting someone with words or actions. You ever said something just because you knew it was going to do something? I actually did something that the kid, we were driving in, it's snowy, I like skidding around, and, and uh, Caleb, he's been driving a little bit, so he kind of understands it. Cindy hates it, and I know that. But I wanted to be cool with the kids this morning on the way to church. And uh, I intentionally upset Cindy. That's not, that's not right. I knew it was going to frustrate her. Excuse me, can't even cough. But, uh, that's a small thing when you think about it. But how often do we make sin small? It's not a big deal. Nobody else knows about it. It'll be okay. I assure you that's not how God looks at it. Sin is sin. And as we saw in that verse, God will deal with it. <clears throat> Excuse me, it goes on here. I can't even read because my crocodile tears. Malice, right? And it goes to blasphemy, to injure or defame with speech. It refers to hurting someone with lies, gossip, or rumors. And uh, <clears throat> here in the end of this list here, it says we must eliminate filthy communication. Crude, abrasive, or obscene, uh, dirty speech uh, is the idea there, and, and just filthiness. And 
in our conversation or our conduct, uh, just, uh, you've been around people like that. You know, I know for those of you that work in the, in the, in the secular world, it's, it's everywhere, it seems like. And uh, that ought not be named uh, in us as Christians. And look at what it says in verse 9. He kind of wraps this up. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Uh, a lie we know is a deliberate untruth or half-truth. Uh, there's an old proverb that says a half-truth is a whole lie. And uh, any intentional misrepresentation of the truth is a lie. Listen, this morning, we must focus on holy things and eliminate sinful things. Uh, and I, I know for me, when I purpose to set my affection and to do those things, I'm less likely to be guilty of this other thing, this other list. Uh, because in Christ, I'm new, I've been renovated, and He's given me the ability to overcome those things. But I have to make the effort to purpose to do those things, because my flesh likes the other sometimes. My flesh likes to do donuts, uh, but my wife does not like to do donuts with me. So, um, listen, we need to emulate Christ. Look at verses 10 and 11. We'll, we'll try to finish up quickly here. says this, and have put on the new man, which is renewed, there's that word again, uh, in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And and, uh, we must do according to verse 10 and put on the new man and uh, our new nature in Christ, if you will. And the new nature is renewed in knowledge after the image of our creator, uh, which has the idea of sanctification and, and that process. It's really a lifelong process of becoming more and more like Christ and, and becoming the people God or, or becoming the people God created us to be, if you will. Genesis chapter 126 says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That was God's intent from the beginning. And so uh, <clears throat> we need to put on the new man and uh, we are to be like Jesus, the image of the invisible God. We saw that in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Uh, verse 11, if you want to look at that, it says, In our new life, uh, the Christian life, there is neither Greek nor Jew. Uh, that might be some racial prejudice, circumcision, uncircumcision, maybe some religious uh, issues or, or divisions, if you will, and barbarian, Scythian, kind of maybe some cultural issues. Uh, that, we de- that we deal with, bond nor free, social barriers. Um, a Greek was a Gentile or non-Jew. Uh, a, bar- a barbarian was one who could not speak Greek and was considered unsophisticated. A Scythian was a warring, murdering nomad considered to be the worst of all barbarians. Uh, listen, this morning, regardless of our backgrounds as believers, Christ is all and in all, according to verse 11. Jesus Christ is all of us, or is in all of us in the person of the Holy Spirit and permeates and unites us in all our relationships. And we see this truth in Galatians chapter 3. It says this in verse 28, There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be identical twins to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, 
um, uh, in any, any church, any, any real fellowship, there will always be differences. And, and we, we should look for differences and, and desire to have those. Um, but these differences should not call a, cause us to fall into sin, the sins of our old nature, uh, right? And, and we need to accept those things, but rather give us the opportunity to display the love of Christ. And we'll close with this. John 13, 35 says this, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Uh, so we need to focus on things that are holy and right, those things that are above. We need to eliminate certain things from our life, uh, but we need to really emulate Christ, and, and uh, we can do that by love, having a love one toward another. They'll know that we're His disciples. And so uh, let's pray. Father, we do thank You for this day. Thank You, Lord, for this lesson. I pray, Lord, that You would bless, and uh, Lord, that You would help us, Lord, to really uh, live a life that's honoring to You, and, Lord, that these uh, things would not be named among us. And, Father, now we pray for your blessing as we go to the morning service. We pray that you would fill with the Spirit, Lord, that you give power. I pray that your word would go forth. And, Lord, that you would do a work in the hearts of people. Save the lost. And we'll give you the glory for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen.